This edition of the Cliff Notes Podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates. Contact Dom Tolly for all your insurance needs at 816-232-8400 or come on out to Tolly and Associates at 2606 North Belt Highway for all your insurance needs. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are previewing the big week of that is eight-man football, and I can't do it without the aficionados of eight-man football. Please welcome back to the podcast. David Albertson and Anthony Crane. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you both on. Um, Gentlemen, just uh, before we look ahead to um, week two, uh, what stood out to both of you guys for week one? Well, Anthony, go first on this one. (laughs) Uh, You know, the game I was at obviously stood out with Worth County just dominating that game. Um, (laughs) They seem to have reloaded, um, <clears throat> and I wasn't sure if they were in that tier, that top tier with everyone else, and meant watching them. I think it's pretty obvious that they are. Um, you know, I thought <clears throat> they have just about everything you need. You know, the secondary is still questionable. Um, There's a few moments where they let some guys get open, um, but other than that, you know, defensive line's big. Uh, got some big receivers. Um, some fast guys in the backfield. Um, so I was really impressed with them. And I think with that, they really kind of moved up to that top tier. And you know, there's a chance they end up back in Columbia again. Yeah, absolutely. Worth County is a very good football team. Um, I think the resiliency of North Andrew after week one, if you say that to me, um, getting kind of punched them out versus a King City team that Ant and I personally weren't very high on to start the year kind of deal. Uh, but King City came out, played a great defensive football game, struggled a bit offensively, but that might just be because these two teams are both really good on the defensive end um, on there. So credit to King City and North Andrew for giving us a good game week one up there in the GRC to kind of give um, maybe us a little more of a look at how good King City is going to be this year despite losing some guys from last year. Um, and then Stanbury, slow start versus Christian. They came out and played well in the second half, second quarter on kind of deal. Uh, Tucker Schieber is still a really good football player, as is Gavin Cameron. They combined for over 400 yards rushing between the two of them. So I was impressed with those two. Um, LeBlond, they got a win over Pattonsburg, but it wasn't a dominating win like we were expecting going in. So maybe Pattonsburg is better than we expect, or maybe LeBlond has some issues defensively. We won't know until we get a couple more weeks into the season. So around the area, that's kind of what we're looking at here with that. Um, also, shout out to Braxton Gibson for his 412-yard rushing performance over at Stewart Osborne. That was very impressive. Um, as well here in the local area. And then let's uh, let's talk about week two real quick. Obviously, the uh, eight-man football polls um, are out now. Uh, we ran them down here at the beginning right before we talked to you guys. But um, just talk about um, how you guys um, how you guys voted and if you guys had any differences in voting. No, mine uh, mine stayed mostly the same. Um, with the way East Atchison played last week, I bumped them up uh, to number nine. We dropped King City out. Um, it wasn't, you know, any fault of their own. They're still right there knocking on the door. Um, and then I moved Albany up there as well because they they played really, really well. Um, There's a lot of people high on them coming into the year. Um, and Kipper Klein's fantastic. Um, maybe the most underrated player in eight-man. Um, but they're going to be tested this week. That's an exciting game as well. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but other than that, you know, my poll stayed the same. Uh, other than Worth County, I moved them up to number five this week. 
Um, but other than that, it uh, mostly stayed the same. Yeah, for me, I adjusted a couple of things in my poll. I adjusted towards the top. I flipped my three and four teams. So week before, I had Platte Valley over Archie. I put Archie over Platte Valley. What do you think that Platte Valley did that was that didn't impress me? It was just that I was high on Archie, but I wasn't quite sure where to put them in that top four. Never seen them in person again for a real life game. Like, you know what, this team, I want to give them a little more love. Put them to three. They eventually in the poll actually jumped Platte Valley from four to three um, there as well. And then I had East Ashton at number nine to start my preseason poll. I moved them up to six after last week. I put them above LeBlanc and Stanbury, who I had entrenched in the top eight before, top seven before, just because the way I viewed it, all three teams played teams that we thought would be towards the bottom of the state this year with Cedar Christian, Pattonsburg, and Southwest Livingston. East Addison absolutely dominated with a 58 nothing win, start to finish. LeBlanc struggled a bit, and Stanbury struggled a bit with their matchups. Both ended up winning comfortably, but there were more issues in their matchups there. So I wanted to give EA a lot of credit for that as well, coming out there, just flexing your muscles and putting away an inferior team early on. I think deserves them a little more credit going forward with that, but I understand where everybody else is at. I kept Bramer in my top 10. Uh, they, they went from 10 to 9, and then I dropped out Lockwood uh, with that loss. They got Drexel this week. They probably won't win again, so it's going to be hard for me to – I think they were right in that top 15 range. It's just their early schedule, kind of like the way it was with South Holt or South Holt, Maui Holt in the past where they would start the year with Worth County and Southwest Livingston when they were really good. It's like, yeah, they're 0-2, but they would still beat most of these other teams. It's hard to rank them at there for that point kind of deal. And then I actually put Sweet Springs as my 10th spot there, but I consider teams like King City and Albany and um, North Shelby, teams like that also were considered for my final spot there in the top 10. Well, let's talk about let's talk about some of the matchups in week two. And uh, I think probably for the first time ever, all three of us are going to be at the same game this week. Um, it's the Missouri Eight Man Football Game of the Week. I said last week it was on YouTube. I want to make a correction on that. It's on Facebook Live. Yes, it will be on YouTube later. The big match. Yeah, so, in your defense, so last year I was able to put it up on YouTube. I'm having trouble with my storage on my iPad, so I'm not getting them to download correctly on there. So they're just going to be on Facebook until I can figure out what is going on with my iPad storage, where it's not letting me download the games afterwards. So, just on Facebook Live for right now until we get that technical issue figured out there for the YouTube. Well, that's some breaking news as well from Missouri Amen <laughs> football right there, but. This matchup this week, it's going to be a big one at Eagle Stadium. Number two, North Andrew. I guess number six, Bishop LeBlanc. Um, gentlemen, your thoughts on the game and some keys for both teams. I'll be honest. I don't uh, – this is uh, – and talking to Chuck earlier this week is a battle of teams with just different, different mindsets and how they do things. Um, for me, the real – question is how good can Landon Gardner be um, because he has to be otherworldly I believe um, just because they're going to struggle to slow that defensive line of North Andrew and I think that's the key if they can figure out ways to move the ball where Landon's not holding the ball for two or three seconds um, that's going to be the key for them and defensively they have to be better um, yep. because you know North Andrew's offense wasn't great last week but Watching that, you know, that's a really good King City defense. And I don't I don't expect them to be slowed down like that again. But LeBlanc has to find a way to keep them to 30 points and then be able to score 35. Yep, absolutely on there. And um couple guys, we, we talk about Landon Gardner quite a bit for LeBlanc. Uh, but Jake Carell, he's a really good receiver and athlete there for LeBlanc as well. I want to give him some 
Chow out there. He is a really nice player they have. They can supplement Landon a bit there and a lot of it through the air, but they also use him on some jet sweeps and stuff like that to try to get him in space. Um, Carson Staggs was the leading running back last, last week for him, 13 carries, 75 yards and a touchdown. So I'm interested to see how those guys kind of do offensively and defensively. They're going to be asked to carry quite a bit of the load to try to slow down North Andrew because North Andrew's offense is a load. It's like playing against uh, Tennessee Titans where they're just going to shove Derrick Henry and that offensive line down your throat for four quarters, and you just have to deal with it, kind of deal at a, call at a high school level with it. And Jacob Chittum, that dude is a monster up front. He's one of the best linemen um, in the state. And then I think Andrew Goff is up there with one of the better linebackers as well as a good fullback for him as well. So I'm very intrigued to see what they do. Uh, Braxton Linville did not have his best game in his career. He's only a sophomore. He struggled a bit there versus King City. Me and Anthony both look back to last year. He struggled versus them last year in week one and then kind of got his feeding after that a little bit. So it might just be a matchup issue with him in King City more than anything else. I think he'll be fine. Their passing attack's not going to give anybody huge fears early on in the season uh, with the receivers out there, but it's going to be good enough where you can't just load the box with eight guys because they might still be able to beat you over the top with it. So I'm intrigued by that. We all know Hayden Necker is a really good running back for North Andrew and that they have a good size offensive line. So I think I like North Andrew in this game. I just think they're going to be able to impose their will over four quarters. I think LeBlanc makes it very fun game, very interesting. I just don't know if they can keep it up over four quarters. We saw it with King City. They struggled to keep up over four quarters on offense against them just because you keep getting beat over the head by a hammer kind of deal. Can LeBlanc sustain that over four quarters? And – uh who can who can carry that momentum? Because I think, um, and you guys know this, there's no love lost between these two teams. Nope. So I think the intensity to start this game is going to be extremely high. Now, that eventually wears off, and I think that'll be the key to who can continue um, with that momentum or you know build themselves sustained back. Energy. Yeah, yeah, sustained there energy. Yeah, sustained energy. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give a couple of keys to my game, and, you know, this is a couple of keys here. Obviously, I think turnovers is going to be a huge key there. I think LeBlanc, I think to, um, I think definitely to stay in the game of North Andrew, I think they're going to have to at least steal two or three possessions from North Andrew in this game. That's a lot easier said than done, but I think they're going to mm-hmm. have to steal some possessions, not shoot themselves in the foot during possessions. And I think, number two, they're going to have to find a playmaker outside Landon Garner and Jake Carell. They're going to have to – Find somebody to step up, whether it is a Carson Staggs that you mentioned. Uh, Max Bacali is another one. You know, I think they're going to have to find somebody else to step up because I think Jake, I think very well Jake could get very well get double covered on on defense. But I think, you know, they're going to have to find somebody else other than Landon and Jake really to step up. So those are my yep, – I agree with that. So I think those are a couple yeah. of my – And that, Well, I was just going to say that's the interesting part is – that is probably the biggest weakness for North Andrew is that secondary. Mm-hmm. The problem is, in order to get guys, you know, downfield, you got to be able to pass block. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how that goes because that's with eye chain around. That's that's a big weakness for North Andrew. But LeBlanc has to be able to pass block. Yeah, and I want to give one more guy a shout out here for North Andrew. We talk about Jacob Chittum and Goff and Ecker and all those guys a lot. But Avery Miller had a really nice game there. Week one, eight tackles, five of those for a loss and a sack. He also recovered and forced a fumble there for him. So I wanted to give – we talk a lot about the star guys there for North Andrew. I think Avery Miller is one of those un, unknown guys. He's a big dude up front there for him. His brother Aiden's also on the offensive line for him. So I think he's a dude that we kind of forget at times. Yeah, he is also a really good, talented football player there for North Andrew. Yeah. The golf was so good. 
Yeah, well, the kid's good. He's so good. He had eight tackles, four tackles for loss, and two sacks there, and that is pretty generous. I think he might have been a little bit – he's a really good football player there at linebacker for him. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a really fun game tomorrow, uh, Friday night at um, Eagle Stadium. All three, good. All three of us will be in the house on that. You can check out um, that game on Mo 8 Man Football on the Facebook page there. So next game that we're going to talk about is Rockport. Versus Platte Valley, Rockport got a um, decisive win over the Cab. While um, you talked about Platte Valley a little bit, Devin talking about them um, versus Mount City um, for week one, able to pick up a win there. Just, um, gentlemen, your thoughts on that game. So I'll go first on this one. So Rockport, week one, uh, they only tried one pass versus the Cab, didn't really need to throw the ball. Outside of that, I mean, uh, Camden McEnany, um, young player there for him, five carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, when you're averaging 21 yards to carry. You really don't need to throw the ball a whole lot there on that part of it. And they still have Micah Makings and Philip Heron from last year. They combined for about 170 and three touchdowns on 20 carries, about eight yards of carry from those two as well. So Rockport, they're not going to be overly flashy on offense, but they know what they do well. They're going to run the ball. They're going to be super physical. Um, on defense, I was very impressed when I saw them with a jamboree with a couple of guys. Uh, Jarrett Hunter is a big defensive tackle for them. And then also Mikey Makings on defensive end was really impressive for them as well. So they have – some good size, some good talent. They're not going to be overly flashy. They're not going to be a team that you're going to expect to score 60, 70 points versus a really good football team. But with their style of play, they can keep games really competitive because they're, they're going to be – they're a lesser version of North Andrew without the star players with it where they're just going to bash you over the head for four quarters. And then if you can if you can withstand that, you can beat them. But they're going to make you earn that win every Friday night there with Rockport under Coach Jones. Yeah, I mean, this one – this game may take – 45 minutes the way these two teams are going to run the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. It's which which line can get movement um, and who can hold on to the ball. Um, because I think that's that's what happens in this game. If you move, you know, get and push uh, these running backs, they'll, they'll, they'll get some yardage. Um, and so I think it's, it comes down to that and holding on to the football. Um, the big game for Rockport – um, because I don't think they really get talked about a whole lot in the 275. You know, we've obviously Platte Valley and maybe South Holt, um, then EA, um, and then Rockport. Um, so this could be a big statement game for them. Um, and, you know, Devin talked about it all week the last two years. These teams have had COVID issues, and neither one has been healthy at the right time. Um, so I think this would be a fun, interesting game. Yeah, before we move off here, we got to give a shout-out to Carter Luke from Platte Valley. I mean, he – Eight carries, 142 yards, and three touchdowns and about the first quarter versus Mountain City there last week. He also had, I think it was eight tackles and four for loss. No, four tackles for loss in that first quarter, too. I mean, the kid's a really good football player. Like his brother Dalton was, it just Carter has a little more help around him now, so he can shine even brighter than Dalton did. Uh, but Carter Luke is a very good football player, along with guys like Trevor Weir and uh, Jackson McCrary and guys over there at Platte Valley. So I'm really excited to see what Platte Valley, the athletics, can do versus uh, the Rockport Blue Jays. And then last game we're going to talk about here is of Stanbury against Albany. Um, uh, something that um I think you guys know we didn't we forgot to kind of mention a little bit. Um, Stanbury won. Stanbury was trailing St. Joe Christian in the first night due to a light malfunction at the stadium there at Stanbury. They came back and had to play Saturday, and then Stanbury just um rolled over St. Joe Christian after that. But Albany was just all over Rich Hill mm-hmm. on Friday night. Just um talk about um matchup between Stanbury and Albany. Yeah, so if you look at Stanbury, it's going to be their two-headed monster there in the backfield. Tucker Schieber 
went for 16 for 257 and six touchdowns over Daniel Christian. And then Gavin Cameron had a had a mild game of 14 for 160 and three touchdowns. As if that's your second running back there, that's a pretty good performance there. They're going to struggle. They're not going to throw the ball a whole lot there with Colby McQuinn, their quarterback. Uh, he had one completion to Sheber for like 24 yards where he ran through half the senior Christian defense um, on there. That was a very impressive highlight. Shout out to our buddy Chris Roush uh, for that one there because he went to the game on Saturday. And the other side, uh, Kemper Klein, he threw for 175 yards and four touchdowns. He ran for another 140 and two more touchdowns. Uh, I know Anthony said this before in other podcasts. He's the best player that you don't know. You haven't seen really an eight-man over the last couple of years because Albany's been – right around that 500, slightly below over the last few years. But he's a very good football player. If he can get guys like Xavier uh, Darrenfeld and Porter Davis to improve around him kind of deal and give him other weapons, Albany can be a very dangerous team this year as well because they are so well coached there with Coach Fountain up in, up in Albany. Yeah. yeah, I love Kemper Klein. He's, he's fantastic. Um, the interesting thing to me will be how they close that gap. Stanbury beat them 50 to nothing last year. Um, now it's not the same Stanbury team. Nope. Um, but how improved is Albany? Um, because as we've talked about, you know, the coaches love Albany. They love what they see from them. Um, they keep telling us about them. But this is the kind of game where you have to show that. Um, yep. You don't. You don't have to win. You don't. But you can't lose by 50, 40, 30. It needs to be a pretty good game. Um, you know, really prove themselves. Um, and like Devin said. The problem with Albany is as great as Kemper Klein has been, hasn't had a whole lot of help. Mm-hmm. Those guys he mentioned earlier, stats aren't mind-blowing from week one, but that game was a blowout. Um, so I think this could be the week where we see what those other guys can do to maybe help Kemper out. Yeah, and for example, Albany two years ago, 2020, they went 4-5. and five. Their season got cut due to COVID in the playoffs. But those five losses was a four-point loss to Stanbury. A 22-point loss to Mound City when the Mound City was still Mound City at the time there and had Landon Papa and company. So that wasn't a bad loss for him. A two-point loss to Worth County and a four-point loss to North Andrew, and they beat up on King City. So like, they were a team that, yeah, they're four and five. They were like an actual contender to win districts before COVID knocked them out. Then last year, things kind of back they – they stepped back a little bit because they got blown up by Stanbury, lost to Platte Valley, got blown up by Worth County. They weren't as close in those losses. So we want to see if they can get back to that 2020 version where they are a very, very tough beat every week. And if they can be in close games, instead of losing by four, you might win a few more of those as well and get to more of that six and three mark instead of four and five. And I can tell you that no one in 2020 was rooting for COVID, um, but they were not disappointed they got to miss out on Albany. Because that Albany team was peaking at the right time and they were – playing very well over the last month of that season in 2020. That's a team that's going to get forgotten in kind of history because they were four and five and got knocked out of the playoffs. But they were a team that was rearing and ready to go because their week one game last year versus OCL that year got canceled. So their first action was against Stanbury and lost to him by four points. And I watched that game. It was a very good football game. So Albany, if they can kind of get back to that. And once you give Coach Fountain some talent or to work with kind of deal, um, that dude's going to make some good decisions there, head coach. As Anthony says, um, there's not a coach you talk to that plays Albany that didn't say that's a very well-coached football team. So if you make a mistake versus Albany, you're going to pay for it on the scoreboard kind of deal. So it's going to be a very fun game. I'm actually going to pick the upset in this one. Um, here, I think Albany has a chance to upset here and kind of up to the apple cart in eight-man football, but we'll see what happens. And um, this could be very much like that 2020 team 
Um, they get Stanbury. They should beat Mountain City. Mm-hmm. You know, your Worth County, Platte Valley. And then after that, um, you know, you get St. Joe Christian, North Andrew, obviously a very tough one. Uh, but then you close out with King City and Pattonsburg. So it could be they're starting to peak towards the end of the season after they get through that brutal stretch to start the year. Yep, absolutely. And then, uh, gentlemen, anything else kind of stick out to you? Anything else, um, anything that we should look out for for week two? Um, well, Thursday night, we'll have our first broadcast of the week. Doing a doubleheader this week. Um, Lockwood, who is ranked from the week one poll at number one, Drexel. First look at the defending state champions there for our Facebook Live. Um, Appleton's also playing at Archie week one. We expect Archie to take care of business there. Um, and then let me see there. Another interesting game that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. There's two of them here in the area. The first one is uh, Stewartsville Osborne at Mount City. It could be the wild card's first chance to kind of beat Mount City in a while here for it. So they have the talent to do it. I love Braxton Gibson, the way he runs the football. He's a very good player. Uh, maybe they can turn around the corner here, maybe sneak into that top half of 275 this year. And then a game, if you like offense, there are two games that are going to interest you this week, one in the area. Um, kind of in Pattonsburg, kind of on the fringe of your area here. Pattonsburg at Schuyler County. Going to be a lot of points in that one. Both teams are in the spread. Both teams like to air it out. Should be a lot of fun. And the other one, it's way out of the area, but College Heights at Oric. Two completely different offenses because College Heights threw for almost 400 yards week one and Oric threw for seven, but ran for 400. So that'll be interesting to see how those two teams, uh, very high-scoring games if you want to be scoreboard watching and seeing some lot of points. Those are the two games to kind of look out for this week. Also, Bramer. Yes. Um, big week Haley. for them. <laughs> um, St. Paul has a lot to prove after last week. Um, but if they can do what you know they did to Keatsville last week, um, boy, they could really get rolling because their their schedule is not tough. Um, they have a you know matchup with Oric in the middle of September. Um, probably their toughest game of the year. Uh, but if they can get through that, I don't know who's going to be Bramer this year. Um, that offense is a lot of fun, and so I, I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, may and, have to and figure out a way to get to that game. And before you kind of go off of work, uh, Bramer here, Bramer's schedule is very interesting here because, as you said, it's not the most brutal schedule, but there are a lot of checkmark games kind of checking on them as they're going through the season with St. Paul this week to kind of see can they take the next step. Sweet Springs the following week, can they win another game there versus another solid opponent, Oric? So I like their first next three weeks here. We'll learn a lot about them, and then they'll go through the schedule with Norman Harden Central, Skyler, who's improved this year, Concordia, Santa Fe before playing North Shelby in week nine. So you might look up, and by the time the district uh, seedings are announced, because LeBlanc plays a tough schedule with North Andrew and Worth County, that Bramer and King City could be looking at the top of the district number three, despite LeBlanc might be the best team there. It might be kind of like last year where King City was the two seed. But the favorite going in, you might be able to see that this year too, depending on how those schedules work out with LeBlanc, Bramer, or at King City, those teams there in that district. So it's a very exciting time here to kind of see where everybody's kind of – we're kind of looking way in the future here, but it's kind of fun to set that all up here and know the process is going to get there for everybody. Well, definitely. I'm excited. I'm excited for this week at ABA football. I'm excited to see you both in the house at LeBlanc. Uh, first time, first time probably ever that all three of us have been in the same regular season game. I'm so excited for it. You can catch that on Mo 8-Man Football Facebook page. Um, any other plugs either one of you want to give before we um, before we wrap this thing up? Um, just follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and like and share stuff. We enjoy it for the kids, get them plenty of exposure. So we try to share stuff pretty much every day on those. So there's always some custom content of some sort. 
for everybody out there. So the kids love it. They love seeing their stuff out there. And um, also from week one, I just want to give a shout out to all the teams from across the state who did sport the AH sticker for Alex Harris. That was cool to kind of be in down in Archie and Lockwood and having kids with Archie helmets having the AH on there or down at Liberal. Those schools have never been to Oregon or even really know where Oregon's at on a map kind of deal, but they can still show support there. And that's just, I feel that's a really good hearted feeling that I have there from week one. The, the love across eight-man communities when you don't even know each other. And then also, like, across down across county rival with Mountain City doing the same thing. It's two different worlds there with it, but it's always kind of nice to see everyone come together around someone like Alex Harris. Yeah. I think uh, definitely, you know, and I've heard, when I've, when I've interviewed all these eight-man football coaches, you know, throughout the area over the last couple of years, one thing that they've always mentioned that, you know, eight-man football, it's like a family. Everybody, you know, yeah, they they get it on on Friday night. But I'll tell you what, when it's off the field, they they do a great job supporting each other. That's I've heard that from almost every single coach. So definitely props to all those schools for supporting uh, the Alex Harris, and definitely continue prayers for his family. So, gentlemen, um, thank you so much for um, coming on the pod once again, and um, check out moeightmanfootball.com also for some great stories there from Anthony. You can check that out also. So, gentlemen, thank you both so much. And um, I will see you both Friday night at LeBlanc. Sounds good. See you then, Cliff. See you, buddy.